SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. And with me, of course, is the usual trio. So quartet overall, I almost said usual quartet, but, you know, math, it's hard. It's been a week already. Um, but with me, of course, is the analytic starling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hi, I'm the stat drop and a crop top who, who runs nonstop. Ooh, almost, almost <laughs> at the landing. Almost, <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you took about, yeah, I think we're going to have to do like a half point deduction for that, but not bad. Not bad overall. I had such a delayed laugh reaction. <laughs> it took me a second to understand what you said. Uh, I, I, I was waiting to see, I thought you were going to go for like seven, eight, nine words. I hope you have them all written down because there's no way I could do that otherwise. No, I, I just had it in my head. After no, that's, that's 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 why we pay him the big bucks, folks. That's why, that's why he's here. Um, also with us this evening, he is a second city hockey. What Jim Atkins is to Jimmy World, it is Mil Savage. Oh, that's a great one. That's maybe I, I don't even have an opening monologue. I love Jimmy World, though. <laughs> I was in my car for two hours today driving around for work things and had Jimmy on the whole time. And it was great. And I, I will put it and I'll put it out to this group because they're in this age group. I think anyone between the ages of roughly... 25 to 45 right now knows at least one song from Jimmy World by heart. It's probably the middle. Yep. Also, I think it's because of Guitar Hero. I, also, I took someone to a show and Jimmy World was on the on the bill and they're like, yeah, I know the one song. And they're like, oh, I knew 10 of these. I just didn't know it was them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they're that kind of band. Batsy, do you also know? Uh, Jimmy World was the opening act for the first concert I ever went to, um, which was Green Day. <laughs> Nice. Was it with Blake? Uh, yeah, actually, I think so. Uh, Pop Disaster like, 2002. Yeah, so. The <laughs> <laughs> Saints of Dave was probably on some of those. <sighs> Sorry, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> You're fine. Totally fine. I'm always here for our music minutes. And uh, the overall point of this is just that if you meet someone and they say they don't like Jimmy World, there's probably something wrong with that person. They're just, <laughs> everybody likes him at least a little bit. Just I, I have that is the one band. If I text friends, like everybody likes them, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold to that statement. Uh, but also with us this evening, and we should probably bring her in now um, because you've already heard her talk a little bit. But she is the Boolean wall of text for Second City Hockey. It is Betsy. It like heard me laugh mostly. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's happening, but I'm very giggly tonight. Um, How, well, uh, maybe it's maybe it's from all the <laughs> six thousand words that you've written in the last two days. Also, I popped, um, uh, oh my God, allergy medicine, <laughs> like not that long ago. So, oh, this, so this is going to be a lot of fun this evening is what you're saying. Um, and I was going to note the, uh, technically, um, I went to a Hanson, like it wasn't a concert. It was like, like a small gathering thing. That was technically the first big show I'd ever gone to as a kid. Then it was Green Day and Jimmy what, World was opening. What exactly, like, were they like playing at the mall? Like how did uh, it was at like a fair? Um, that's still it, that's still a concert. I think it counts. I guess I there weren't there weren't as many people as I thought there would be, and I got tickets because I answered trivia on a like radio call in radio. Nice. So my sister was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> like okay. where where Dave and I live, like there's a big our we have fairgrounds out here, and they'll have like sometimes older acts that are somewhat still popular come play. So I, I kind of have an idea of what you're 
what you're referencing, I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've been to fair like fair concerts, like really big ones, and this wasn't that. I remember being like short and um because I was a kid and not being able to see, and like people were very like, Oh, do you want to go to the front? And I was like, Yes, please, thank you. You know, <laughs> was like, this when they were popular, like in the 90s? It was right before they like really broke, like um they're Right before Impop, um, Pop had just got onto the radio. Okay. Oh well, then there you go. That's why there wasn't a ton. Of, I mean, once they blew up, it was like game over. But oh no, I never could get tickets again. And also, my sister wouldn't go with me because um, she was too cool for that at that point. So uh, yeah, I, so, I think yeah, we're we're just gonna do music podcasts in the off season. We're, we're gonna become a music blog once the why I already do that. <laughs> All right. Well, well Mil- and my take- my only contribution is talking about how much I wish I went to Taylor Swift uh, tours. Oh my God, Taylor Swift! Love there, several there, times. I'll, I'll I'll give us a segue. Um, I think it was Hawks Convention 2015 because I used to work at all the conventions. The last day was Sunday, and we're trying to. I was trying to get out of traffic, and Taylor Swift was playing at Soldier Field, so I got stuck there for like two hours. <laughs> Were you able to hear the concert? Because if so, that's not a regrettable experience. No, like she wasn't playing yet. It was oh. just like people trying oh. to get, because Lakeshore Drive is a total shit show. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and make the awkward Taylor Swift to Second City Hockey segue, and uh, I'm just going to fall off it. So never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, secondcityhockey.com is where you can find all of our content. I'm on Twitter at underscore Dave Melton. Shepard's at underscore, or not underscore, just at Shepard Price. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can read all her stuff. She's LBR at Second City Hockey. And she had, again, like 6,000 words of young gun reports from the last two days that if you want to know anything about any of the Blackhawks players who are 25 and under, it is there. Uh, And they are very well done and very lengthy and very informative. So um, all of it is to say, Again, and I, I think our mantra now from all of that, Betsy, is play Phil Kurishev more minutes. I know. That was I wanted to end that with my battle cry is play <laughs> well, Phil Kurishev more minutes. And, and if you want to know anything about Hawks players who are former Hawks players that are 45 and over, you could probably ask me and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> also, also painfully accurate. Like when they were talking, uh, I think it was for Kane's 1,000th game. I tweeted out that night that I, w- I went back to the roster or the lineup from his first game and uh, Robert Lang was in the lineup that night. He's now 50 years old. Well, actually at that time, Chris Chelios was in the NHL and he was getting to 50. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what does that say? Well, well, so it, me- it means we our, our hockey careers are still ahead of us. Mel. That's what it means. I'm no? going to be like Bombay 29 and a short step away from the NHL. <laughs> Speaking of guys that were a little bit on the wrong side of 30, uh, the Blackhawks trade deadline, there's, there's your segue folks. Uh, the Blackhawks trade deadline featured trading a lot of older gentlemen away from the team that they no longer had. And we want to do a quick recap on all of this. Cause there, there was a lot that went on that day uh, there. And I, like we were expecting, I, I think we all thought the Hawks were going to be quieter, but I guess what we didn't realize is like the trades were fairly quiet, but there were still a lot of them. So they started off by trading, Matthew Highmore to the Canucks for Adam Gaudet. Adam Gaudet, who famously, I believe he, wasn't he on the line with Dylan Sakura at Northeastern? Yeah. Yes. And and Gaudet won the Hobie Baker? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that being the knock on Sakura is that, oh, he was just riding the coattails of Adam Gaudet. So uh, now it's interesting that, you know, time's a flat circle and all that. So then after that, the Hawks sent Matthias Janmark to Shepard's Golden Knights and got a second and third round pick in return. There was some third way, uh, three way deal involving San Jose. All that matters is Matthias Janmark went to Vegas and the Hawks got a second and a third in return. Then the Hawks traded Carl Soderberg to the Avalanche for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolston. Josh Dickinson, probably an AHL, ECHL guy. I wouldn't put too much stock into him. Ryder Rolston is the one you probably want to know about that when he is, I think, 19 years old mm-hmm. and is the son of former NHLer Brian Ralston. Uh, so if that means anything to you, and Ryder Ralston is also playing at Notre Dame because Stan Bowman saw a guy was available who went to Notre Dame and had to acquire him. Cute guy Ryder. alert. <laughs> what did you say? Cute guy alert. Cute I automatically guy. think of the new girl. Huh. Cute guy alert. Okay. Every time now. Is that the show at the douche jar? 
Yes. yes, it is. Yes, it is. We had that at my store because of that show. I used to find people. Great. The best thing about that show is uh, Nick Miller. I think Jake Johnson's his actual name. Yep. Right. Yeah. And he's 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 from Chicago. So his character in that show, Nick Miller, makes significant Chicago references throughout the entire series. And it's delightful. Um, it's also like from like the time when Jay Cutler was the Bears quarterback and we thought he might be good. And <laughs> it was fun to remember that time briefly. Um, oh, in the in the last season, he has a framed Mitch Trubisky. Yes, he uh, does. Jersey. Yes, he does. <laughs> back, I have back. to get on this show. I'm behind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's a good one. Um, and then, oh yeah, the Blackhawks. They also traded Madison Bowie to Vancouver for a fourth round pick. They they packaged Madison Bowie and a fifth round pick and turned that into a fourth round pick. And that was kind of a shrug of the shoulders. Like you almost forgot Madison Bowie was on the team. Uh, right. And then afterwards, Sam Bowman met the media and said he was happy with the Blackhawks move because, well, that's what he's going to say because he made all those moves. So hopefully he's happy with them. Uh, and then that that was it. So it was an eventful day. And then if you also, you know, track back, they also traded for Brett Conley, Riley Stillman and Henrik Borgstrom and Vinny Henestroza from the Panthers trading away Lucas Carlson, Lucas Walmark and an ECHL guy, Brad Morrison. That was the guy they traded to get Henestroza. So there's been a lot of moving parts over the last two weeks. So before we get ahead to the rest of the season, we just want to take a moment here and just kind of look back and all that. And Shepard, I'll go to you first. Just what is your overall feeling about everything that's happened with the Blackhawks flurry of trade activity in the last week? Dan Bowman hates fifth round picks because he <laughs> traded two of, he, he traded two of them. This because he also traded a fifth with uh, Matthias Janmark. So he hates fifth round picks. Uh, look, okay. I'm, I, I, I wonder who's recently been drafted in the fifth round for the Blackhawks to sort of ruin it for him. Uh, Isaac Phillips. Uh, yeah. Was, was I, uh, Isaac Phillips is good. So I don't know if it's okay. That. Well, 2019, but, like, they didn't have one. 2018, yeah. Mikhail Hakarainen. Yeah, I blame, I blame okay. Hakarainen. 2017, yeah. Parker Fu and Jacob Galvis, who I don't think are ever going to be NHLers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016 was Matias Fromm. Uh, twenty. Oh, yeah, all of them are. Who cares? Yeah, it's it, it's getting pretty ugly for the fifth. I'm trying to find a guy from the fifth round that made it. Oh, here we go. 2013, Luke Johnson played 31 okay. NHL games. Suckbag Johnson, <laughs> and just scored right. his first career NHL goal, if I remember correctly. So, um, so yeah. Okay, okay so the fifth round's not good for the Hawks. You have to go back to Andrew Shaw in 2011 to find a good one. So, uh, Bowman realized he got his hopefully his good one in like the decade with Phillips <laughs> and it's like, okay, we don't need, we don't need a fifth round pick for the next decade. Yeah. Sean, um, Sean 2011 Phillips in 2021. Yeah. Get rid of it for yeah. the decade. Good. Good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Works for me. Uh, but like that, besides, besides hating fifth round picks, like it's a decent, they did the things they needed to do. They got, they cast off uh, all of the expiring contracts they signed uh, in the off season. Um, and got younger. And while Brett Connolly is probably going to eat the same amount of minutes that Matthias Janmark is eating and still limiting Philip Kurushev, uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind, I don't mind Connolly as mind as much as I minded Janmark because Connolly has had in the past success. And he's been like a 20 goal, 30 goal guy as a bottom six guy. He can do good things. We saw that in his first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't I don't mind the moves. The good thing with Connolly, at least, is that like it is kind of annoying that he's under contract for two years, but it's only three and a half million. So it's not something that's gonna completely hamstring you from a financial situation. It's not, I mean, it's, it's you know, if, if he completely bottoms out here, it's not great. But if he if he's decent for three and a half million, that's not a horrible value. Yeah, that's like half of the Brent Seabrook money. Exactly. Um, it, and it's only and, two more years, not six. And while Riley Stillman kind of looked bad uh, the first night, he was on ice for two goals against. Like, give him some time, but like at the same time, don't give him a lot of chances because you have a lot of defensemen coming up behind him. Right. Mill, what about you? What were your thoughts on all of the shenanigans of the last week? You know, I'm I'm really happy that they, even though they're in a playoff hunt, didn't do anything unrealistic and like pretend to be buyers. Mm-hmm. that's a little scary around this time because, you know, in the past, the Hawks have done that a few times. Um, and they also weren't too crazy and didn't sell off anything really, really important that we think. So 
Uh, there's a couple more moves I think that I would like to see them make. Nothing huge. But uh, honestly, you know, getting rid of Yamark, it's like Connolly kind of slides into that wing spot. And if he can score 10 or 15 goals a year, you know, that's fine. He's going to be playing with good centers. He's got an okay shot. Uh, the only thing is I'm really pissed off they gave him 20. <laughs> that's personal, but, you know, slap in the face. Well, you and me both, bud. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, I mean, you know, I mean, just, just overall, just I think that they did the right things at, for this really awkward particular scenario that they're in. Betsy, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think it was a good draft purely for the Yanmark trade because, I mean, those were players, him and Soderberg were players that were free money. You know, it was like playing with Monopoly money that they turned into lottery picks, essentially, you know. Um, and all the other players that came back, I'm not, I don't, Adam Godet is a shrug player. He's terrible defensively. So I'm not really super excited about getting more poor defensive play, uh, players. He's not great at the center role. They keep saying he's a center, but is he? Um, <laughs> they have other options. Let's just, um, Kershev is there. Um, and Borgstrom, it just depends on which one shows up. You know, like, is it going to be the guy that the last guy um, Finland right now? I don't know. And then Stillman, yeah, he, he had like a Jekyll and Hyde game. I thought he settled down in the game. Um, Towards the had, end, for sure. Yeah, he had some – it has to be a pacing thing because his, like, gap control was wild in the first period. The guy was like, what is he doing? But I didn't see that as a glaring thing by the third, so – you know, maybe he just needs to get his sea legs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they took nothing players and shoved them out for different players. You know, they shuffled the deck. Maybe they can help. Maybe they can't. Maybe they'll be good in the future. But all you're looking for is to restock that and hope for the best. And they did what they were supposed to do. So I think it's a solid, solid thing. Would you... I, I think I think the biggest thing that I picked up from it seemed like the Hawks learned from the mistake that they made in the past of when they held on to Eric Gustafson too long and they, yeah. they might have been able to get him like a first round pick for him and then they ended up only getting I think a third and then by the way the Flyers just traded him for a seventh which I thought was yeah he cool. blows now <laughs> he's had a well <laughs> he's always blown no he's, he's always he's, yeah, he's, he's always, always been blown. Bad. But he they had couldn't a 60 hide point it. season. Like everything yeah, but like, really is shit right now, though. Like they're it was inflated by the, Yeah. Okay. No, like he's always been sucky, but like I just it. mean the Hawks hit it well. Okay. Well, he was pro- proper utilization, and you're saying if you deploy a player in a certain way, it might maximize his abilities. Is that what you're yes. suggesting to me? But yes. oh, yeah. But and it was Philadelphia. Like, I don't yeah. think Philadelphia knows how to do that. Look at Shane Gross is fair. Yeah. I but but getting back to the point of I, I think they like Jan Mark was kind of the guy that I was worried about. I thought they were going to try and hold on to him and say, you know, maybe try and figure out if he's a future piece or not. He seemed like he was right on. He was a tweener of not quite good enough to be in your top six, probably more of a middle six guy. And like, he was going to be due for another contract in the off season. So I was worried that if he re-signed another contract, it was going to be like three to four years at a price. He wasn't going to be able to play up to, and the Hawks are going to be screwed having him on the books. So I was very relieved when that guy got traded. Soderberg, like everybody else who was on expiring one-year deals, like it was, if you get anything back for him, cool. Like Soderberg and Bowie and Highmore, like you're not trading a, a pieces, so you're not going to get a returns. But I, I think the word Mill said at some point, it was fine. That that was overall. Like I, it was, um, it was a busy day because they made so many trades, but other than that, it was fun. I have no complaints. It's a solid B. So yeah, solid B. And and you you were probably grading on a curve because they didn't really have unless you like blind some GM just decides to do something real really stupid. Like I don't know where Chiarelli is these days, but uh, they didn't, <laughs> have, didn't have a trade. You know, I don't know if there was a Matt Ellison for Patrick Sharp trade that happened uh, last week, but <laughs> I think too if you look at this roster, like there's not unless you go out and sign like a big free agent there's not a lot of spots where people are going to crack the lineup the lineup is almost flushed out yeah like there's the i think we talked about this a little bit last week but with the way things are going this season like 
a lot of those spots are filling up pretty quickly with this team in the future. Like there's not, you know, uh, among four defensemen and net, like it, there's, there's not even as many question marks uh, in terms of who's going to fill the space. Now it's more of a question mark of, is this player going to continue developing like they've been developing since they've been here? So and that, go I ahead. think, I think Bowman's going to have like itchy trigger fingers in the off season though, because I think that's how he felt the year before that when he was looking for defensemen because mm-hmm. he couldn't get the one he want. Like he really wanted a specific type. And instead he pulled the trigger on uh, Mata and then the Dahan thing happened. And it, you know, we were like, well, you didn't need two of, you didn't need both of those guys realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think he's going to look at the depth of forward and young forwards and be like, could I get something different for them? Is he going to trade? Nylander, or is he going to try? Is is Suter going to be Kahan? You know, Kahan, Kahan. How do you say it's Kahan? Kahan. Um, yes. <laughs> oh my God, I've already forgotten how to say his name. Hey, if you can get anything for Nylander, go for it. Well, that yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think he's going to look at forward depth, even if it's not necessarily all quality depth. I mean, lots of it is, but it's not necessarily all high quality. And he's going to go, I, this is expendable, the same way he thought Yuki Haru was expendable. Yeah. Um, so trigger fingers, I think is going to be itchy for him. Well, I think I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Mel. Cause I, I just want to say I have a transition. Quick. I have a transition after you're done talking. Cool. Yeah. Just quick point. I think there has been a noticeable difference in Bowman since McDonough has been gone Ooh. slightly. And I know that he oversaw a lot of things that were done and had final say. For so, sure. I think it'll just be a really interesting off season. This one, because obviously coming out of the shortened season and stuff too, with uh, the money situation, with the cap, I, I don't really know what to, to expect, honestly. Uh, well, going back to Betsy's point about potentially expendable players, Nikita Zadorov. Um, <laughs> we, I think the, the four of us have made, made our opinions on him known through articles and this podcast and comment sections at our website um, and, and I would say it is mostly in the non-improving category. And now I, I feel like Zadorov is a very polarizing player. And part of it is not his fault. Part of it is just he was the guy that was traded and he was the other guy in the Brandon Saad trade. He's never going to be just because of that. Like he's never he had such a high standard to live up to and he was never going to be it. So this isn't all entirely his fault. However, uh, I, I wanted to cite this report from the athletic. I don't want to read it verbatim because there's stuff behind a paywall. So go read it. Cause it's, uh, it's always good stuff and it's worth it. But uh, th- there's talk about whether or not the Blackhawks or what the potential of resigning him is going to be like in the off season. He is currently at $3.2 million. And as a 25 year old defenseman playing as much as he does, he's probably going to want to raise. And, and this is where, I, I I feel like this one player is going to be the entire – this is going to tell you a lot about where this team is going in the next few years because it seems like it's going to be really easy to overpay him if, if from the Blackhawks. The only way they're going to keep him is if they pay him more money than he's worth. I don't even think he's worth $3.2 million right now, I, and I think most of the people here are going to agree with me. So I, I guess the system – I don't think anybody here wants to resign him. So I, I, I've, and I don't, I don't know what your guys' reaction are to this, but I'm just terrified that they're going to screw their cap situation by giving him more money next season. I mean, they're going to, they're going to screw their success situation, but I just can't believe that they didn't get something from Boston or Winnipeg that they thought was good enough when you have to up that money. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. thinking about the money alone, not even trying to drill the guy, 4 million is going to be a steep price. Connor Murphy's making three eight five, and he's our best defenseman right now. Yeah, and there's yeah, and there's and leading into that contract, Murphy was playing better. There are some people that try to like say, "Oh, well, Murphy wasn't doing that well with the Coyotes." So when he came over, you know, and then he struggled a little bit, and I was like, "No, no, he was playing top four quality minutes over there. They just were a terrible team, and then he he struggled a little bit getting into um, Q's system and his good graces. But by year two. He shut everybody up. Zadorov is not like that. No. Okay? His minute declined with the avalanche. And he just was, and he was just a healthy scratch. 
as I don't, I can't think of a game where Connor Murphy has been healthy scratched. I might be wrong. No, I, I think just think from being one. hurt, just from being yeah. hurt, not healthy. Yeah. 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 So it's, I, I think it just comes down to, I, I think even the most ardent Zadorov supporters would have to say that he is at a minimum polarizing and you cannot give, you can, you can't give 3 million to a guy that's that polarizing and he's already at three, two. So I just, I don't see any way you can possibly bring him back because he's going to ask for more money and more. And he just, he hasn't earned it. And if he decides, if for some reason he decides to take like two and a half, I mean, okay, but I just, I, I don't, he's not, it just, it's, it's a value thing. And I don't think he's value. And the other thing is you've got Keith and Murphy, Kalanuk, Boquist, Mitchell, Bodan. There's six defensemen right there. This is assuming Calvin DeHaan's probably gone in some fashion in the offseason, whether expansion draft or whatever. And then you also now you have Riley Stillman in the mix. Like, you're running out of room. Someone's got to go, right? Yeah, and I think, too, if you re-sign Zadorov, you got to look like it took Colleton a long time to scratch him. But mm-hmm. if he's finally at the point where he scratched him – if they do get a different coach or if Colleton does kind of start making those kind of decisions, what are the, what are you going to do? Pay, you know, giving more money to a guy who even Colleton's now like, he's not giving enough. Yeah. It's kind of like, just like you said, just don't pay the money. We have guys. It's fine. Yeah. You look at what what's happened. I think a comparable situation is the Edmonton Oilers and Chris Russell. And they gave them a four by four, I think. Don't be the Edmonton, don't be the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, that, that contract has limited them in terms of like how they can build around McDavid and Drysital, and they can't win because they can't build around McDavid and Drysital. There like, is don't no, yeah. There's no situation where you want to be the Edmonton Oilers. Not this century. No. Yeah, yeah. Russell got four by four, and and he actually just signed in October. He signed a one year extension for next season at one point two five. So right yeah. now he's at four million, and next season he goes down to one and a quarter. Oh boy, that's that's rough. But um, but yeah, that is it's just it's it, this is this is like the self scouting thing with the Hawks that I think has been one area where outsiders have been critical of them is that they don't always do the best job of evaluating their own talent. Like they don't know what they have, or I, I think it's it's knowing what you have and knowing what you don't have in certain players. Like knowing knowing the ceiling of what you have in your locker room, and Zadorov's ceiling is not. It, it might not even be at a player worthy of a $3.2 million contract. It's certainly not any higher. So uh, that's, he's a restricted free agent. So um, the Hawks will own his rights, but just that, that's the one that situation I think is the most uh, that w- the biggest indicator for me of uh, how things are going to go in the future, just because I just, I don't see it. I don't see what others see with him. And, and, and yeah, I don't, it's pre, kind of preaching to the choir with this group, but yeah, I'll but say, I think you put it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll say this. Uh, I think so looking at the expansion draft, cause that's coming up. You have two spots for sure that you have to attack and that's Murphy and, and Keith. And then you have one free cause you probably can convince Brent Seabrook to waive his NMC when he's not playing hockey anymore. Um, I don't think Zadorov is worthy of that spot. Of worthy of being spared from the expansion draft? Yeah, worthy of being like with they have the Blackhawks have a free spot because Cal, like the guys you mentioned, Kalanuk and uh, Mitchell and Boquist and Bodan are all exempt. Well, and I, I don't know. That's, yeah, I, I think that's a speculation with Riley Stillman that they're going to get him nine games, so he is a eligible for the expansion draft. I mean, I would protect him over Zadorov. Well, that's. I think they trade Zadorov before they let him get picked up by the expansion draft. I just don't know if you'd get more for him than you would have at this trade deadline. Like, no, I mean, I guess it depends. Cause there were some weird prices for some defenders. Some defenders got things. I was like, why are you paying that? And then others, I was like, why didn't you pay more? Um, so I Money. guess, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but the Hawks could have eaten. Well, I guess they had to choose between that and Yanmark. So, and Yanmark is technically more valuable, I think. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so we'll see. Cause I, that, I think that's going to be, that's high on my list of most, most interesting off season storylines to watch. 
um, whenever that offseason arrives. Maybe it'll be in a month. Maybe it'll be in two more weeks after that. Who knows? Um, but what we're going to do is take a quick time out here. We're going to come back on the other side, and we've got some questions from the Second City Hockey commenters to answer. Um, there's one that I'm sure is going to lead to a hearty discussion about and a, a lot of reminiscing by Mill and I because we're the old men in the room. So uh, come on back on the other side of this timeout and listen for that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. As promised before the break, we wanted to respond to some of the questions we got uh, from the Second City Hockey commenters, uh, and one in particular because it seemed like it would be a really fun question, and I feel like we can get a good lengthy discussion out of this. So uh, from still Jim L 23 wanted to know, if you could watch a game with one former Blackhawk player, who would it be? And I think, uh, so this question came in like five, six hours ago. I've been thinking about this all day and I'm still not sure. So I'm going to ask everyone to have like one probably joke answer and then maybe one serious answer. So whoever wants to go first um, and we can't all say Dave Boland, we've already discussed that. So uh, that'll be the group I, watch along. I called dibs on him oh, okay. so I can say him. <laughs> all right. Well, B- Betsy, since you spoke up, you can go first then. Dave Boland. Okay. <laughs> I think he was shit talk the whole time. I'm like, I think if you get enough, like you get him some, like, you know, some alcohol and he'd be fun to just chat with for a very long time. Um, and he's not really a former one, but the same reason I would be like, Hey, let's have beers with Shaw, you know, like Andrew Shaw. I'd be like, let's shoot the shit and just watch a game. Tell me everything you love and hate about everything that's happening. The players, people that used to be on that team things that happen in the locker room, share all the dirty details. I need the gossip. <laughs> I need them to be my personal gossip girl. Okay. I feel like Andrew Shaw might be very forthcoming too. Oh, I, for sure. I feel like I, that's a good pick for like a player that might actually tell you some of the good stories. I feel like all the rats would like anybody that was a rat at one point would be like, let me tell you. <laughs> and as long as it's off the record, I don't think that they would, you know, you'd be like, you take this to your friends only and then to the grave. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I would sign that pact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Me no- literally getting buried in my bowling jersey one day. <laughs> yes. Uh, Miller Shepard, either one of you guys want to speak up? Uh, I, I think my joke, answer, my joke answer is probably Patrick Sharp, but just so I can look at him. Uh, <laughs> He's a hand- he is a very handsome man. He's a very handsome man. Uh, and the uh, serious answer is Joel Quinville, because as one of the – best coaches of all time. He's top two probably between him and Scotty Bowman. Um, like, I just want to pick his brain and like have him explain like, okay, here's, here's how like plays develop and stuff like that. And like X's and O's, which is like the, the part of the game I don't get fully. Yeah. I, and I also feel like he was a rat in his playing day. So we probably will tell the stories. Cause like this, the famous snow monkey, uh, story from what was that? 24 seven. Yeah, like he he tells a good story. Well, and then like like within like two or three weeks after the Hawks firing him, he showed up at a Bears game doing shots in the parking lot with Bears fans. Exactly, Joel Quinn well, seems fun. I oh I I'm confident he's. I mean, you know, he might be mellowed out a little bit in his older age, but I'm sure he could still knock back a few if he needed it to. Your liver may not be prepared to hang out with Joel Quinville, but his would be. Oh yeah, I don't drink. Oh well, well <laughs> you, you might have to start if you're gonna hang, watch a game with you. Uh, I'm still deciding, Mill. So uh, you go. Uh, okay, so if I can, I'll give my serious one first. If this is officially an X Hawk, if this counts, I would say Seabrook. Oh, oh yeah. Um, reason being is he's played for four different coaches, obviously, and for the Hawks, and he can kind of break different things down and speak. You know, I'd have a lot of questions about a lot of different things, and also he seems pretty cool. He likes baseball. He likes obviously hockey. He's like kind of a chill sports guy, so um, he likes to gamble. So it seems like my kind of guy. I bet if you um, brought a kid with you, it would be even better because he will talk to any child, you know, like he will get down to their level and be awesome about it. So I right, well, bring a small find, child with him. You can borrow my say, nephew. He's 13. I th- okay. I, I say I don't have any kids <laughs> right now. So um, I act like a small child though. And, and uh, telling that story from personal experience, for, if you yes. go back to our Brent Seabrook reflection episode, she, that there's there's a story behind that story. So it's a good story, good episode too, actually. That's what I that's what that's what the people tell me. And then uh, my fun one would be uh, me and Nikolai Hobby Bullen drinking each other under the table at the bottom lounge watching a game. What are you drinking though? 
Uh, I and mean, this- I'll. I'll drink what he picks, but like I'm, I'm mostly like a tequila or like I like various beers, whiskey, whatever. But I feel like he's a vodka guy. Um, not really my thing, but I'll do a few Moscow mules with Hobby Bullen. <laughs> I just feel like it'd be like a party. Like he, he seems like a huge drunk, and I'm not trying to like be mean, but like it just seems like you'd have a great time with him watching the game, and then it'd just be like, okay, this game sucks. Let's pour some shots. I mean, hockey players do not have a reputation for sobriety, so. I was going to say Ed Belfort, but if he drinks too much, he might beat me up. <laughs> Ed Belfort owns like a gin distillery. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's no joke, man. Like, he's the real, like, he's rough. All right. So uh, I, I think I finally settled on what I was looking for. My, my joke answer would be uh, Corey Crawford, and we'd put the game on mute and listen to Rise Against the whole time because we know Corey Crawford enjoys himself some Rise Against. Yes, sir. But I think my serious answer, and I, I went back and forth on this several times, I think I'm picking Chris Versteeg because, A, he was around for several or two of the Cups, and so he like he came to the team left and came back. Um, he could definitely talk shit about the Canucks um, because I don't know how many people saw the clip of him just trashing Kevin Bieksa on Canadian TV on uh, trade deadline day, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, because the Canucks are still taking L's from that time frame. Uh, and the other thing is with Versteeg, like he talked, like he, he did a lot of media stuff when he played. He's now in the media as a retired player. So I feel like he would, not only would he have good stories and would he talk shit about people, but I also feel like he might be able to shed some light on X's and O's and stuff like that better than other people would. Like, like one guy that came to mind first was Brandon Saad, but I don't think he says it. Like he seems too quiet. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as entertaining, but for Stieg, I feel like I would need to get for Stieg to shut up at the end of it. So. I mean, it'd be like watching a game with me, <laughs> except he's more handsome and uh, he's really f- actually good on TV. I watch him on TSN sometimes when the Oilers games are on. I was, I was actually waiting to see if he would make his way to Chicago at some point, because he is, he seems like he's doing very well for himself in Canada. And I mean, I'm sure Steve Conroy could use a vacation every now and then. So if uh, Versteeg wanted to fill in for him, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I have this picture I took when I used to letter jerseys. There's a roster on the wall where we did it so people could spell the names right and stuff. And someone had, this is when Roosevelt and Vers- when Versteeg came back, there's a huge sign that says, remember, Versteeg is 23 now. Roosevelt is 32. And I always thought, I was like, Versteeg comes back and has a different number. And like wins the two cups on the end and not in the middle. What a bizarre player. There like you. story. Per, you know? Per, yeah. Played for six different teams, six, seven different teams. I'm sure Arnold he's Philly, got- Calgary. Oh, he's I've seen Chris Versteeg's. Yeah, I've seen him score against the Hawks on two different teams live. He's also the only uh, Chicago athlete to score at Wrigley Field, Soldier Field, and United Center. And he'll probably do it at the cell eventually somehow. <laughs> Never mind. Love it's Christmas weird that it, it's weird that there hasn't been a cell a, a cell outdoor game, right? They Considering a, how many the Blackhawks are in, they had a football game there, but uh, not hockey yet. But I I don't I, I don't I think the the city of Chicago is probably tapped out of outdoor hockey games for a while. At least I think. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll, I'm fine. Fine. I'm considering the Blackhawks record in them. I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine they'll, they'll, make, totally. they'll, make, they'll make the Hawks play on the road somewhere in, in the next one. Um, so. The other questions we got from uh, frequent SCH commenter BMAC, two questions related to Team USA hockey. And we're going to get to the second one first, and we're just going to throw it to Betsy and let her rant about this because I know she has thoughts on it. Uh, How far away from the team is Connor Murphy from being a Team USA defenseman? Uh, Well, if they were smart, I think he'd be way up higher on the list than a lot of journalists and writers have been putting him because I think he's – better than a lot of other U.S. players. A lot of the young talent, especially for um, American players, are that they're fast, puck-moving, offensive guys. Um, mm-hmm. Several of them played defense very well, too, but like they're a go-forward kind of player. And Connor Murphy fills a role that is a little bit like a different taste, and I think he would balance out <laughs> practically anyone else um, on the team that they could do. I think he's better than a lot of the people. Like he's definitely better than Ryan Suter at this point. Like, come on. Um, I take him over Carlson too. 
You know, like, and these are big names that people keep throwing out there. Uh, I got to interject on that one, the Carlson one. Uh, Carlson's only good offensively. Carlson's not great defensively. But, but the way they build these teams, they don't care about that. I they know, should. Why and they- I and this is going to sound like a hot take. It's really not, especially considering this season. I'd take Connor Murphy over Seth Jones. I would. Too. I was just about to say that. I was like, well, I'm not sure I'd take Seth. Jones. Uh, After watching Seth Jones get either. roasted by Henestrosa the other night, um, Seth Jones plays in Columbus. Nobody gives a shit there. They, not Zach, even their coach. But Zach Wierenski is going to be a Team USA. Zach, Zach Wierenski deserves to be in it to be yeah, on Team he's, America. He's a good. He's still playing well. Seth Jones guys, had two years right now, in a row. I, I think to Betsy's point, because I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I'll, you're you're, all, you're totally right. Like they have asshats assemble these teams, and it's like. They don't really put them together the best they could. Well, yeah, it depends. It, it really depends on how how much of Stan Stan's ear Andrew Conti, who is the Blackhawks stats guy, has, um, and if he's American, if Andrew Conti well, is Canadian, it's over. I don't think I, I get what you're saying about Bowman, but it's so political anymore. I don't think he's going to get exactly the roster he wants. Probably. I just so Carlson's fine, but they have you could bring um, Hughes, you could bring Fox. I mean. There, there are other younger, better offensive def- defensemen that they could bring to the table. The only thing that, like Carlson, is bringing is offense and oldness. So, isn't McCarr American too, or is he just, he's Canadian. just go to college? Just, he's he's Canadian mean, and went to college. Weirdly, okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of like Yan, you know, the guys that they're going to look at like Yandel and Fowler and they Falk and Anderson and they're not going to Shattenkirk no, and stop. Krug, McAvoy. They're going to look at all naming. those guys. Please stop naming. All, <laughs> all these guys. All, these, all those names. Right all, yeah, all those names. McAvoy except, is the only except one. McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. Except, except okay, McAvoy. but I'm not. Only, I'm not saying not I want. Good. I'm not saying I want those guys on the team. I'm just saying you guys. Do you remember 2014? <laughs> yeah, but I'm hoping that 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 and like the World Cup made them realize stop doing that stop just i mean bring i don't know best players stan, stan bowman praises nikita zadorov regularly so yeah but if yeah, like if if bowman had yeah. to just select the actual like if he could go i want these exact defensemen would zadorov be in that group i hope to god he wouldn't be and i hope that that there's nobody like that <laughs> I don't think there are that many American defenders that play yeah, that style and are recognizable enough. Yeah. And like, I'm sitting here Googling all these like projections and Connor Murphy's not even like in, in the mix guy. Oh, he's not, they're not. He's so I don't think there. he's going to be taken. But yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's, I'm, I'm I losing think he's any hope. I think Connor Murphy also doesn't benefit from like his, he's playing on a Blackhawks team that nobody cares about in the national media. And well, he, the person in charge cares about this Blackhawks team. And and all that, like, yeah. they still talk about Duncan Keith like he's 25 and he's not anymore. Like, every, every, uh, yeah, every time, totally. they, every time that there's a national broadcast of a Hawks game, Duncan Keith's the guy they lead with, not Connor Murphy. When they talk about it. And again, I get the Bowman thing, but it becomes so political. It's like, I have no idea what he's going to throw together, but I just, I feel for Connor Murphy. I don't think he gets recognized by Hawks fans, let alone. NHL yeah. fans. And he's got the Zadorov problem in that he was traded for Nicholas Yalmerson and he's not. In the- I, I think Connor Murphy suffers from that a lot more than Zadorov because oh, for sure. For sure. Because Zadorov is like, like you said, he's so polarizing that there are people that really love him. And Saad has been traded already for like, you know, the Panarin Saad, like mm-hmm. back and forth, all this stuff. So it's like, I think that people still see Murphy as that, which is a shame because he's great of, in his own right. Connor Murphy's not Nicholas Yalmerson when he actually like, been pretty uh, like about what Yalmerson was. It's just there's not all the other pieces around Murphy that there were around Yalmerson. So, yeah, I mean, it's a different game too, but it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's unfortunate. Like you guys already know, people are just going to have a like biased opinions based on their love affairs with guys. Murphy's going to be this, uh, this version, this iteration's version of Phil Kessel, a guy who should have gone but ends up golfing. Yeah, yeah. I like Phil Kessel too, so that's not so bad. Uh, the the other one was where's Alex to bring it in the lineup because oh he goes uh, well he he goes for sure now and and I think now the question is more of a, how high up in the lineup is he like he may not be top line you know because of Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane and I don't know who the other you might play him with Kane may, maybe shot. yeah maybe you put him with Kane I was about to say they should do they should do what Canada does and play the teammates because like 
that's an ideal situation. They already know each other that you are, you have a short tournament. Um, you might as well play the players that have the most familiarity, at least in the beginning. And then you can tweak mm-hmm. it as much as you want. I mean, and then you can always shift Kane up a little bit if you want, but I would take to bring it over like Goudreau right now. If he's healthy, you know, who'd be a great center between them would be Jack Eichel. Oh, for sure. It's mm-hmm. like Matthew that Eichel a, Larkin. Like that'd be a sick line. Damn. Well, fingers crossed that, uh, I mean, the, I, I assume the Olympics by 2022 will be able to happen and hot and the NHL players will go and everything will be good. Um, <laughs> I hope. Cause I, I can tell you like, it's a, it's a very much an anecdotal thing. So I, I can't like say that this is like indicative of hockey's popularity or anything, but like in 2010 for that gold medal final with USA and Canada, I was at a B-dubs in central Indiana in college and there's not a hockey rink within like 50 miles of that area. And no one gave a shit about hockey down there, but on a random Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I was at that beat ups that every single person in that bar watched USA, Canada, uh, gold medal game. So, um, the Olympics can't, I can get somebody's eyes. So, so, yeah. they um, but I think that's enough hockey talk for one podcast. So uh, I think we're going to talk about some food stuff and it's Mill's turn this week. So Mill. All right. So this is like a two way street. So hear me out. Cause it's not just like an overrated or underrated thing, but okay. We talked about potatoes before, but yeah. I want to take this sort of in a different direction. So I think French fries with just salt or French fries with a dipping sauce, like ketchup or something are completely overrated. However, I think we underappreciate how good they are when you season them with different things. Like, how come yeah, I can't yeah, like go good. good. I was going to say, how come I can't go to like a, any fast food restaurant and be like, oh, I want my fries seasoned with this? So what, what do you want your fries seasoned with then? Um, I mean, a go-to is like I'll make something up with like some garlic salt, some paprika, some cayenne pepper, black pepper. Okay. Just black pepper is actually really good. Um, you can do some cumin if you want, like that kind of taste. There's all kinds of things you can do. You shake them up in a bag. Okay, Shepard, were you about to reference Red Robin? No, I was about to reference okay. Five Guys. Oh, okay. yeah. See, like that's like a good example. Like they kind of do that already. Yeah. Um, but most places don't. Like if you go to Shoops, I you guys probably yes. Dave knows. I just had Shoops like last Friday night, and it was wonderful. Yeah, if you get like the bag of fries to go, it's like in a big white paper bag. You can just put black pepper in there and shake it up, and it's already better. So what? I, so the food take is that fry. Uh, it's just we're we're not doing fries correctly. Is what yeah, we're not utilizing all the possibilities, and it's like I like cooking at home, but I wish I could go out and be like, oh, I want this flavor of fries, garlic fries. Like the garlic fries at the cell, for example, are amazing. And the little helmet. <laughs> sounds like garlic you need to put some hot. Sounds like you need to put some hot sauce in that bag, swag. Yep. And whatever you want to do, man. I mean, it's, it's, there's some total like astronomical things we're missing out on with fries. You can even, I like dipping them in a milkshake too. I agree with this take. I would love to have more variety in fries. I don't need to go to just like Arby's for their fries. They're good. Any, any fry that's curled, I'll eat. Yes. But that's because it's seasoned different. Yeah, I know exactly. exactly. It's a different season when you do them. Arby's, uh, Shoops has like very similar tasting fries, curly fries to Arby's. And it's like, that's, you got to get the curly fries if you have them. Yeah. Now I just want Cajun fries from five guys. You guys <laughs> made me hungry. All right. I'm telling you guys, you can make them at home. I know you can, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mill, I, I have a place for you. And this it's gonna take it's a little bit of a drive. I'm aware of this because of the I'm Fat podcast that Jay Zawaski and Rick Camp from the score do. Uh if you don't listen to it, it's fantastic, by the way. But there's a place, it is in Villa Park, which is uh roughly western suburbs of Chicago. So it's like an hour from us, but uh it's called I Love Fries, F-R-Y-S. And it is just I, I believe the entire menu is just concoctions based with french fries as the base like there's meat options there's no meat options uh i feel like this place might be in line with what you are looking for um like they have there's like a chili cheese fries there's zeros fries pork belly fries and then you go down to the no meat options there's cheese fries elotes fries salt and pepper fries garlic butter fries irish curry fries 
this seems like a specialty, which is really cool. Um, I think my, the general take is that I would just like to have maybe three or four or five options when you get fries at a place. But then they could but, mass produce them like they do now. So I, I, they could, well, they could, they just need to put like little cayenne shakers. In, yeah. In their if if they literally are just like, Hey, like what, what flavor fry? Cause the, that's what I'm saying is like the seasoning makes all the difference. Okay. But I do want to try this. You said it's I love fries with a Y S F R Y S. I'm writing this down. It's in Villa Park. If so, if you ever uh, find yourself up in the uh, western suburbs, there's a place for you. I will drive I just for food, Dave. Yeah, there you go. I think we do like another series of these shows. I think we're going to be able to open our own restaurant with our own. Just based off all these food takes, we'll be able to cultivate a menu. That <laughs> it's going to be called We Have Grit. We will serve breakfast all day. Yes. We'll have breakfast all day. We'll have high quality grits. We'll have good French fries. Uh, we'll uh, have dessert. Pizza. We'll have dessert. Dessert, but no milk chocolate. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's going to be a very specific menu, but we're going to have one. And uh, debatable on if I'm making grilled cheeses or just straight up sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There we go. Perfect. Uh, so whenever one of you guys gets the capital for that investment, let us know, okay? Yes. Okay. Calling for a loan tonight. <laughs> All right. Let me know how that goes. I don't know if banks are open at 7 o'clock, but take us. <laughs> you got to know the right people, Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Mills, Mills definitely the uh, the money guy with uh, lines like that. Mills knows So <laughs> we're good. Um but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Dave Melton. Mills at Mill182. Shepard is at Shepard Price. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at Second City Hockey under the name LBR, where you can find all her stuff, all Shepard's stuff, all Mills stuff, and all of my stuff related to the Blackhawks and Janelle stuff too. Um, it's all there, secondcityhockey.com. Uh, we'll have game recaps, previews, stuff on get days off, all that good stuff. Um, stay tuned to these airways. We'll have more podcasts coming for you. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe and then refollow and then ha- make like three different IP addresses and leave nine different reviews on all of them. <laughs> um, you know, any support we can get, we much appreciate. Um, thanks to Mill, uh, Betsy and Shepard for hanging out. Thanks again for listening. Uh, and as always go Hawks. Hawks.